All right. Sorry about that. I was uh, I wanted to hear the rest of it as well. Well, good afternoon. Nevaeh, where you at? There she is. Knocked out, huh? She was screaming and hollering all when she first came in. Well, good afternoon. Um, let's uh let's get ready for the word of God. Amen. For those of you that don't know, my name is Roland Craig, and I'm a deacon here at Chicagoland Bible Fellowship. Privileged and honored to be under the leadership of Pastor Donald Rackett. Um, I'm going to get into the message. It's going to be short and sweet because I know you guys had a, a long morning probably, and uh, God's word, it, it can be a, a one-sentence message, and you can be filled up as long as you hear the word. Amen? My message won't be one sentence, though. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I wonder, I wonder what people think uh, church is all about. I wonder what people, what their reasoning is for coming to church. And um, when we look around our world today, we see so much madness going on. Um, it makes you wonder if, if people really realize the importance of God and how God needs to be in their life. And as we saw the baby dedication a little while ago, um, how many children have been dedicated over the years and maybe they grew up and didn't follow through uh, from their parents' uh, prayers and uh, the, the, what they instilled in them. Uh, it can kind of break your heart sometimes. Um, we had a, we had a, uh, we had a slogan in our church a few years back. I mean, it's still today, but we used to talk about it all the time. And I still, I call things that, uh, our pastor comes up with, I call them racketisms, last name racket, racketisms. And we had the slogan. It was, if you guys remember a part of the church, you remember, you say it with me, faith, family finance, fitness, and friends. But number one is faith, amen? How's your faith? Are you walking with the Lord? Um, with all the distractions that have been going on, especially over the last few years with the pandemic and all that stuff, how we've been uh, kind of almost ostracized you know, they were told, you know, some places were told they couldn't gather, they couldn't come to church, couldn't come to worship. That could get your tank low with your walk with, with, with God. When you're not fellowshipping with the believers, when you're not being fed the word, when you're not hearing the word, your tank can get low. Amen? And when your tank low, when your tank's low, you can start to drift a little bit. Amen? So... Faith comes by hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of God's word. So today, let's let's pray. Let's get into this word. Uh, take this uh, these few verses as my prayer as we uh, get into this message. Let's pray. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead. When he comes to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared 
whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For time is coming, I believe it's here, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachings and teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Father, I pray that there can be a, a change in our world. There's madness going on all around us, each and every day in our schools, in our government, and even, Lord, in our churches. Lord, help us. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I like to ask people when they tell me that they're saved, uh, I like to ask people, how do you really, really know that you're saved? I keep talking to this mic like it's on. I forget I got this lapel. I'm going like this, and I'm like, I don't hear it. You hear people say they're saved, and a lot of people think they're saved because they come to church. A lot of people think they're saved because they've been raised in a, in a family where the, house, the, the head of the households, the mother and the father, pray that they're two in the house, head of the households. Um, the mother and the father are both saved. And it, but that doesn't make the individual child a believer. And I say believer meaning someone that actually follows through and there's, there's, there's a walk of true faith. Not just someone that believes because Satan believed God, right? He believed that Jesus was God, didn't he? A lot of people out there. On, on Saturdays, every now and then, I get a chance to go out with uh, Dave and uh, Deacon Morrison. And you'd be amazed at how many people come up to us on 71st in Indiana. And they go, yeah, I know the Lord. I'm saved. I was saved as a, as a little kid. And then and, and they'll even they'll even start saying scripture. And they'll be smelling like alcohol. Some of them have been sleeping on the streets. Some of them may have just been mugged or robbed or getting ready to go mug and rob someone. But they'll tell you right to your face, they're saved. But there's no proof. A lot of times we try to do things in our own power instead of using the ABCs. I got my own thing. The ABCs, number one, A, asking, asking the Lord for help. B, being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And C, casting all our cares upon him because he cared for us. The ABCs, y'all can use that, but make sure you give me credit. <laughs> You know, we've got so many examples in the word of uh, men. Um, that song that played before the message was uh, 
I first heard it when I was at Promise Keepers Conference. Any of y'all went to a Promise Keeper? I know Doug, Pastor Dave, and uh, Dave's probably in. He's at home. He's on Zoom. He's he's he was probably jamming, and then when he got cut off, he probably got mad. But I remember that song so dearly. There were so many great songs that came out of the Promise Keepers Conference back in the uh, '90s. Um, I, I first um, heard the true, clear, unadulterated gospel message and this month april in 1992 so that would make it 31 31 years old newborn and um i believe that there is some evidence that i've been saved uh, but just because i accepted christ doesn't mean i'm going to be faithful to what i have accepted i have to walk it out and when I mess up, I have to repent. There's so many examples in the Bible today that talk about uh, good men, great men, powerful men that, that messed up. I, I've got a couple written down. Uh, we talk about the, some of the first men, Cain and Abel. You know, he was mad because his offering wasn't accepted. Moses, he struck down, he struck the rock when God told him not to do it. How about, uh, how about Lot's wife, the woman, Lot's wife? She turned around when she was told not to turn around. Sarah and Abraham. Abraham, man, Abraham. <laughs> you messed it up big time, Abraham. About Rebecca, when she tricked Isaac into giving Jacob the blessing of Esau. Samson and Delilah. I just gotta have her, Dad. Please go get her for me. David and Bathsheba. About Solomon. Now think of this Solomon had 700 wives and over 300 concubines. In the word, it talks about there's a searing of the mind when things just don't make any sense. And this is one of them. To have that many women around y'all. <laughs> but there, there, is, there is a time in a person's life where something just disconnects. And God says, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with you. And there's many, many more examples in the word. Um, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become a new creation. Old things passed away, be old. All things become new. Amen? Uh, we become slaves. We become doulos. What happens when a slave disobeys their master? What happens? It, it usually doesn't turn out that well. So in our message today, we're going to walk through, uh, we're going to talk about 10 women. Five were obedient and five were not. Real simple verses, and it's a real simple message, but sometimes things just aren't connected. 
chapter one census sometimes. So we're going to go through these. We're going to have a good time. Amen. The parable of the 10 versions in Matthew chapter 25, verses one through 13. I'll read this and we're going to go through some verses. Then I'm going to come back and we're going to tie it all up. Verses one through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flask of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And why? They were going to buy, while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and rode, and those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the virgins came out, or came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you neither, you neither know the day nor the hour. Real simple, real simple description of what's going on today, as far as I'm concerned. And really, it has been going on since, the, since time has started. Nothing new is under the sun. But today, there's so many great examples we can pull from. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisies having their own conscience seared with hot iron. That's, this is what I was referring to with Solomon. 700 wives and 300 concubines. Just all different types of stuff. And I, Okay, I, let's, go, let's go current. Let's go current. Some of y'all, raise your hand if you've seen the news maybe in the last month or so. You, sir, you, 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 um, you may have gotten something on a feed on YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or something like that. And you saw some stuff talking about men can have babies. That's this. That's this. First Timothy chapter four, verses one through two. Having their own conscience seared with hot iron. They can't comprehend. There's male 
there's female. That's it. When Nevaeh was birthed, it was through a woman. Man cannot, men, males, cannot have children. And how this is teached in our schools, Lord help us. Amen? All those who followed Jesus were not all believers. Therefore, all those that come to church are not believers. And we don't want just believers coming to church. Otherwise, where would they hear the word or be taught the word? They can hear the word anywhere, but when they need to be taught, they can come and, and start learning and, and get into a mode of learning and growing themselves in Christ. Amen. One of the reasons why a lot of folks just followed along why Christ was walking the earth was because think of it. He was creating. He was doing miracles. I, I would like to see that, right? There are people that, that follow sports and everything. They're not saved, but they watch sports because they're being entertained. They're getting enjoyment out of it. So when folks were with Christ that weren't saved, they were, they were just following Christ. They like what they saw. When people come to church today, they like what they, they may like the song. They probably like you. So how do you get to the point where, where does it, the connection, when is it made? Where they can actually start walking and obeying in, in Romans 12, 1 and 2. But understand this, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Understand this. That in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. See a lot of that. Lovers of money. Tons of that. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. A lot of that. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control. A lot of that. Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who have crept into the household and captured the weak. This has been going on for years, years and years, just forever. And it will continue going on as long as Christ has not come back. Amen. We should pray. And what, what else can we do? When I, was, when I first accepted Christ, I was so hungry. I was talking about this with Darius earlier this week. I was just on fire for Christ. Not that I'm not right now, but I, I was kind of uh, arrogant, aggressive. You know, I, I was kind of like football player, or linebacker, ready to hit you. And I wanted you to understand Christ is real and you need to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or you're going to hell. 
<laughs> and I didn't care if you didn't like it. I've, I've grown. My wife would tell you probably not that much. But that's just how passionate I am for Christ. I really, I, I really do believe everything in the Bible is true. And when he talks about all these different things that will happen, disobedient to their parents, lovers of money. If you read this, you can actually go, wow, yeah, I see examples of that every day. Man, I read about that. And if you still read the newspaper, I read about that in the newspaper. I saw this on, man, wow, this is actually, this is happening. This stuff is happening all around us. So what can we do when we run across these people? When we're on 71st Street, not that I'm there a lot. I'm sorry, Pete. I'm talking like I'm there every week. But shout out to Pete and Dave because they're out there, rain, sleet, and snow, hot, rainy weather, and, and giving coffees, water, juices, chips. But most of all, most of all, prayer. Most of all, prayer. And they're out there praying with those folks, praying with ladies. And one lady came up a couple weeks ago. She said she had just got ran over. Another lady said she was uh, in an abusive relationship. There's people out there hurting. And if we just think about ourselves and, you know, you know, just for, we, we miss that. So we have to pray for, pray for others. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 through 15, this is one of my favorite verses. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then, then I will heal from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made in this place. When believers are led by the Holy Spirit, believers, followers of Christ, they had to deal with opposition. Just like we have to deal with opposition. I heard someone uh, recently uh, compare Christians. How many of y'all consider yourself a Christian? I heard someone recently compare a Christian with the Taliban. Yeah. So what do we do about that? We pray. We just pray. I mean, what else can we do? We, we go online and go on social media and start saying, you know, arguing with them and all that stuff. Nah. We, we, we make signs and start picketing and, and go out in front of somewhere and march. And all. No, no. What did Jesus do? Remember those bands we used to have all years back? You know, what were the initials? WJD, what would, what WW, right? Yeah, what would Jesus do? Remember that? What, uh, just pray. What would Jesus do? He'd pray. He'd pray. Now, he, he, he'd probably, some, if he was around those individuals, he'd go around them and just speak the word. But he prayed. What did he ask? 
the three disciples to do when he was in the garden. Keep watch and pray. Just pray. It's just that simple. Remember in Acts, how the Holy Spirit filled the upper room. Acts 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house that they were sitting in. Remember when Peter was in prison? Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was told about it, he brought him that night while Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the, two, and the guards before the door were keeping the keeping were keeping in the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. That's how powerful prayer is. But remember, it was the prayer from the church. We are commanded to pray. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The affectionate, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5.16. I'm going I'm to give you a couple more and then we're going to go back to the verses that we're talking about. Be unceasingly and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is his will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench or subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Best, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, and that's the amplified version. What happens when we pray? Miracles can happen. What you're looking for to happen can happen. And then within yourself, you're doing what you can do. God calls us to pray. So you're, you're being obedient to God. Sometimes we could spend too, too much time entertaining ourselves. Sometimes we could spend too much money investing in things that aren't going to grow us spiritually. Is it any wonder today um, why I can sometimes do things totally opposite of what I should be doing when I don't spend time in prayer, when I don't spend time in the Word? when I'm not obedient, when I choose to take the wrong steps. There may come a day when it seems almost everyone is against you, except God and his people. We should not react as non-believers, but as those guided by the Holy Spirit. 
in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 17, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, but beware of the men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It's tons and tons of scripture that back up why we need to pray, what we can do for one another, the outcomes through prayer when we are obedient. So back to the verses, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13 in Matthew. I want to go back to chapter 24, because in chapter 24, the disciples are asking Jesus, when will we know when the end times are coming? When let us know. We want to know. We want to prepare. And goal setting. If you're either trying to have a business goal, work goal, personal goal, whatever, like every January 1st, people usually want to what? Set a goal to lose weight. But if they never set a deadline date, you want to lose how many pounds by what date? If you don't set a date, you're never going to really follow through. So they wanted to know, Lord, when you're coming back so we can make sure we get, get things going so that time, Lord said, you, I, you don't, no one knows. I'm not going to tell you guys. And they probably thought they were privileged. We're with you, Lord. You know, we, we're, we got your back. Yeah, but I'm still not telling you. Why? Come on, Lord. Just let me know. You know, come on let us know. We're going, we're going. We're going to rock this thing for you, Lord. We're going to get it done. No, no. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just do it, right? They wanted to know. So now in chapter 25, we see this parable with the virgins. And these virgins, it talks about five being wise and five being stupid. Okay? And I don't want you guys to get the idea of it's a, it's a lamp where, you know, they just turned it on and it, woof, you know, and it was, they put oil on like some little branches or something. They put oil on and then lit them. Five had extra oil. Five took nothing. The five that took nothing probably were too busy entertaining themselves when they were preparing for the bridegroom. They were too busy probably watching TV. They were probably too busy on their phones looking at stuff they shouldn't have been looking at. Amen? And then there were five that were studying the word that were ready. Now, let's look, look at this. It says, as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. That's interesting. But even though the five that were wise slept, they still were prepared. Here's another racketism. The five Ps. Proper preparation promotes perfecting performance. Proper preparation promotes perfecting performance. If you don't properly prepare, you won't be ready. You will not be ready. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and sleepy. 
Over the last two weeks, I've heard this. I've heard this saying, and I'm going to give it to you guys, but you, remember, you got to give me credit. I've heard it three or four different times over the last two weeks. That, it, this is good. This is good. You guys want to write this down. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. I told y'all that was good. So when things are going good, you can tend to slack off. When you've got a lot of income, you could tend to spend more instead of save and wait for a rainy day or a hard time or when your battery all of a sudden goes out or your alternator goes out or your starter goes out or your front end has parts that need to be replaced or your tires get weary and all of a sudden you got a thousand, fifteen hundred dollar bill for your vehicle and you don't have it. Hard times create strong men. If you've been through hard times, you know what to do. If you've been through hard times and you made it through it, you know what to do. You you've went through it and you say, you know what? Last time I went through this, down the road, this happened. So before that happens, I'm going to prepare as I'm getting ready to go through it again. Oh, wisdom. Amen. We're going to drop down to verse 10 where it says, and while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Yesterday, my wife and I, we went to a funeral in, in uh, Brookfield, Wisconsin, and it was for a friend of ours whose uh, fiance, 38, 38, 38, 39 years old, uh, she found him. She went out to take the garbage out in the morning and found him on the garage floor dead. Now, you guys, I, 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 I hear you. Here's what's worse. He wasn't saved. So while we were at the funeral yesterday, I love going to funerals. To see people honored. He was in the military, background in the military. He had served two tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. And when I met him for the first time, all he talked about was how much he enjoyed. He, he used to live in New York. He was in high school when the trade tower, the Twin Towers went down. From his view, from his high school uh, classroom, he saw the towers and he saw them come down. And that made him wanna become, uh, um, wanna become a uh, military uh, personnel, be in the army. So he joined the army shortly after high school against his dad's wishes, but he went, went on and let me back up. He's from Nigeria. Okay, his father was in the Nigerian army. He didn't want him to get into the military. So 
he went to the military, got out of the military, got married, had a child, um, got divorced, met a friend of ours, um, got into a, uh, uh, a relationship, um, fornicated, and another child was born. So throughout this process now, our friend um, now has been probably the last six months before he passed away, had been on um, suicide watch because all he talked about was uh, how bad things were. He didn't want to be here anymore and things like that. Um, go to the funeral, fast forward, go to the funeral. We're at the funeral and a lot of the elders, the, the, the mother, the father, the uncle, the aunt, uh, they're believers. I believe one of the um, uncles was a pastor, if I'm not mistaken. And what do you say? You know, the, you know that he wasn't saved. You can't come get up in the, we were, we were at a funeral home. You can't come up in front and speak and say, he got saved at a young age. What do you say? You can't bring them back and say, come on, you need to accept Christ before you go. You don't know when the time is coming. When the, bride, when the bridegroom is coming. The door, once the door is shut, that's it. So as far as what, what I've been talking about, as far as praying for folks and doing what we need to do, pray for their salvation. We have to pray for these souls that are being lost each and every day, especially these young souls out here killing each other, robbing and stealing and killing. We got to pray for these folks. Amen? Because the day is coming. Nobody knows. Amen? And here's the sad thing. Verse 11, afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. How many people do you see at funerals and, and they're, you know, they're, they miss their relative or friend. And if they're not saved, it's like, you, you're not going to see them again. And, and for some, they will see them again. But here's the sad part of all that. There are people that come to church that hear, hear the word, are prayed for, and they still can leave out and not know Christ and they can end up getting judged at the white throne and go to hell. I don't want to see it. I know you don't want to see it, but it happens. There, there are people that have crept in into the church and leadership and have taught people the wrong way and have turned people away from the, the faith. And that's sad. That's real sad. So as we close, I bent your ear enough. 
I, um, I just want to ask you guys how much you pray for one another. How much you pray. When you think about prayerlessness, as we're talking about this month, there should not be a believer walking the earth that says they don't have anything to pray about. Just You could be filled up just on a daily basis just with family members, let alone co-workers, old friends, old classmates, old co-workers, etc. There's so many people that need prayer. Really. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, do be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in this evil day. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In Galatians 5, 16, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Proverbs 3, 7. Let's close. Father, thank you this afternoon, this morning, how you've, uh, you woke us up. And you allowed us to, uh, one, want to come and see the baby dedication. One, number two, hear your word. Number three, praise and worship your holy name. Number four. Just be thankful in prayer that we have another day. And uh, Lord, I pray that we don't take that for granted. I pray, Lord, that when we walk out those doors, that we don't drift away from your truth and your holiness. I pray that we can be so grounded in your word and so grounded and obedient to what you have said in your word. And we can make a change. Not to look at for others to make the change, but we be the change that can affect this world. It doesn't take much. You had 12 and look at what you did. You told us that we could have greater works as long as we we're obedient and you woke, you worked through us. You will get the glory. For it's in Jesus name we pray, amen.